and welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we enlighten you on all of the hidden stuff you don't know about careers in creative. This is Kristen Harris and Katherine Lang-Klein, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we have learned a lot of things in the time frame that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. So, hey, Katherine, do you like talking about yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it can get really uncomfortable. I guess, there's, you know, when you start talking about the things that you're really good at, you know, it's a lot easier, but, you know, it, it's always a little awkward to talk about yourself. Well, get ready to get awkward because <laughs> we are talking all about you and actually everyone. So what we're going to focus on today are some ways that you can get to know yourself better before you even dive into a job search or are trying to maybe make a case for a raise or a promotion or you know moving up in your career, you really need to know a lot about yourself and what you bring to the table so that you can share that and bring it forward. What's really interesting about creative people too is that they overall are really horrible at talking about themselves too. Um, I think sometimes it's a little bit, you don't want to come off as like having a big ego or whatever, say I am fabulous and I am whatever. Um, so what's great about these assessments is that they actually give you the words to use when you are talking to people about what your strengths actually are. And I, I think if anything, you'll start recognizing your strengths once you, you take some of these assessments and you're able to talk about those a little more freely because you get to kind of own them too and really see how you do contribute in those yeah. ways too. Yeah, I think you're right. And especially with creative people, you know, we pour so much into our work. And so it's very much like, here's my work. You know, do you like it, essentially? <laughs> and it's all about like kind of the skill set, mm -hmm. the, the true hard skills. But this also gets into a lot of those soft skills of how you work and how you show up every day and how you interact with people and all of the kind of stuff that has nothing to do with your technical ability. Exactly. And that sometimes will help you with maybe finding the right culture fit with a company. Um, it also, you know, just help you figure out what your next steps are as far as job title or phase in, in your career. You might find out that where you are right now is the best place to be because that is where you really rock. Um, but there might be a case where you could take on more because your strengths lie elsewhere. Um, one of the assessments that we work with that we really just really like is called Strength Finder. And it's um, a book from Tom Rath. And essentially, you buy the book, you take the assessment online, and you learn what your strengths are. Yes. And um, I think it's really fascinating because I, I just like the premise of it because it's because it's so positive, which will make sense in a minute. Um, <laughs> but it is all about identifying and focusing on your strengths and just really like blowing those up, just using those all day, every day to, to their, your fullest ability and not worrying really about what your weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Don't let them get in your way, but don't spend any time on something that even if you improve, you'll still be, you know, marginal at best. Like why spend your time on that? You spend your time on what you're great at. That mm -hmm. makes you really special and different from everyone else. Exactly. And what's great is it kind of can, it, it builds a little story about yourself that you were able to talk about. Now, um, Kristen, can you kind of explain how this works, how it's kind of broken up in its categories and things like yeah, that? Yeah, so so like you said, it's a book. There's also plenty of stuff online about it. You get the book. As part of the book, there's a code for assessment. You take this assessment, and it's a bunch of, you know, choose this option versus that option kind of a, a test. There's always some you don't like either, but you just have to pick one. Um, and then what it will do is you know, uh, return your results. And basically there are 34 strengths that they've identified through their research, 34. 
and they tell you your top five. And you can actually get, I think, a report with all 34 ranked if you yeah. so desire. But to me, really, knowing my top five is all I need to know. <laughs> Those are my that, best. That's plenty to work that, on. Exactly. <laughs> that mix is what makes me a unique individual. Very few people are ever going to have exactly the same top five exactly as you in that order. So it's what makes you really unique and is special about you and how you work and think and, and move through the world in your life. Um, and then they break into categories as well, which we can talk about in a minute. It's a little more related to how you use them with teams. Right. And, and for example, like when I took the test, um, I thought for sure some of these things were going to be me and I found out that they absolutely were not. So what I did end up with, and once I did get the results, I was like, oh yeah, that's absolutely me. So, um, my top five are responsibility, restorative, adaptability, learner, and strategic. And after I saw all of these, I'm like, this makes perfect sense. Like restorative, for example, there is, I will look at a rickety house, for example, and know that I can return it to its fabulous form. And I get into a lot of trouble in that regard and that I've owned a few homes and moved on, fix them up, move on. But I, I, I see something and I, and I definitely like to restore things to, you know, its, its original beautiful state. Um, a couple that came in hand, that comes in handy, just being a business owner is um, being responsible. Um, I, I feel that, you know, to my team and to my company, I'm just, I show up, I'm a very responsible person, I'll get things done. Um, learner, for sure, um, if you own a business or if you want to get further in your career, you definitely want to have to keep on learning. And um, strategic is another one where you just continuously problem solve. So for me, that works out well for where I am in my career. And it's also worth mentioning, too, that if I own a business, for example, and I'm not a learner, there might be something else in there that could apply that is also a great strength for being a business owner. Yeah, what I think is interesting about this is um, there's no good or bad, first of all, right? They're all strengths. Exactly, <laughs> so none exactly. Are, none are, you know, bad. Um, and it's really just about how you're going to approach the job or the role or the challenge or whatever. So you have certain set of strengths and you're a business owner, someone else also owns a business, they may have totally different strengths. It's just how they're going to come at it. And it will be different, but it won't be wrong. So I, that's one thing I really think is interesting. So what did you get on your assessment? Yeah, Kristen? I can share mine. <laughs> so we share a couple, which is also interesting. So my um, five are adaptability, harmony, maximizer, learner, and positivity. And Yes. When I read that, that is me. <laughs> you, know, you can wish you may be something. I tell people don't even read the book till you've taken the test because you will literally read all 34 and think they're you. And then you take the assessment and find out what you really are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I agree. You know, we we're partners in the business, but we approach it differently. We share a couple adaptability and learner, but I also have harmony. So I'm definitely the the peaceful force within our company, <laughs> which is always great, you know, resolving conflict, that sort of thing. Um, maximizer, which is a lot of, um, I always think about it's just that taking something from good to great. People have you know, read that book a lot. Um, it, you're most interested in something that's already getting there and you can see the potential and then helping it rise to the full potential and I'm very much like that especially with people with individuals I can see what they have and then I want to help them be amazing um, learner again I also love to learn and positivity which is always 
Always a good trait, I think, because I'm positive. It's it's good to have her on the office. I can definitely <laughs> tell you that. But what's kind of interesting too is like you had Maximine and I had Restorative, which you know mm-hmm. are really not all that far away. But you know, there's different enough where you know, um, it it j- just reveals what, and more particularly, what our strengths are. Yeah. And how this has worked well for us, and I, I think how it could work well for you is, um, and some and for us, you know. For me, I can talk about myself like this. I can use words like I'm responsible, I like to learn, I'm strategic. So if I were to go into a job interview, these are the words that I would use. I'm not going to necessarily say that I can build a great website, which, you know, could also be very true. But I can also add some of these words to describe myself to a potential um, person who could employ me. And it's the same thing when you're interviewing people as well, you know, digging out some of these things. We've done it where we have had people take this test before we hire them so we can talk to them about these particular things. Mm-hmm. So that's another way you can kind of turn around and build a team that has some of these things um, to get them have the most effective, productive team that you can have. Yeah, I think you're right. Like it's very interesting to think about an individual, whether they're looking for a new job or just want to rise in, in the career that they're in, having this kind of language to describe themselves. I think that there's a whole um, you know keyword bingo of words people use on their resume that pretty much everyone is tired of, you Mm -hmm. know, team players and motivated, whatever, um, that they're just, everybody says that. They become empty. Who's not going to say they're a team player? Exactly. no, I'm a loner who likes to sit in the corner. Um, But you could be, but but your strengths could be elsewhere. Right. (laughs) So I think that this, um, having these words and this language and the descriptions they share with you about each one helps you talk about yourself in, in a more genuine way and about what you really are going to bring to the table as opposed to a bunch of generic terms that anyone can use and that really don't mean anything. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's interesting also you touched on using it with teams and so that's also one way we have used it and, and can be very interesting if you're leading a team, own a bu- business, you know, lead a team within a company is knowing the strengths of all the people on your team and then how they align. So there Mm -hmm. are four categories and those, so all the three, four strengths kind of bucket into four categories of strategic thinking, relationship building, influencing and executing. And so then you can sort of see how your team is balanced, right? Which is, it's really important. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's really important because you um, don't want to have everybody working on relationships and nobody's out doing sales, for example. You know, the the people that are maybe more the achievers or they they have woo. They want to just always be going out and and talking to people. So it's good to have some people with certain strengths that are going to get the jobs done. Some people are going to be able to get more work for you. Some people just want to hang out and do the invoicing, which is also really great. Those same people are not going to want to do those particular things. And that's where they get to shine, which is great. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world on a team, you would be very balanced. You sort of have you know, somebody with every strength or at least people in every category. You don't want everyone's strategic, but no one is executing. <laughs> we have lots of great ideas that we never accomplish. Um, so yeah, like really looking at how your team is balanced and then also how each person on your team might approach their job. So you could have the same role, you know, two people in the same role, but they'll have different strengths and they'll approach it totally differently. One person may be really strategic about how they go about doing that work. And another person may do it completely through building relationships because their strengths are more in that category. And I even remember when I used to work in marketing departments and things like that, some of these strengths were uh, very apparent then too. Um, I 
I probably loved building teams to do photo shoots and things like that and and create um, campaigns more than I actually liked doing the work myself. And that was only because I knew people who were so much better at some of that stuff. Like, I could not be the photographer and get the same results of the people I hired or do the styling or do the graphic design. And I was totally fine with that, but I knew the people that could pull this all off. So part of that is part my strategy, you know, and a part of it's being responsible and adaptability because in that role you get to be really adaptable. So, you know, it could be applied in so many different ways and you really can just pluck these out and go, all right, I'm really good at this. I'm going to volunteer for this. Or I know maybe it's a new job entirely. Mm -hmm. uh, like, let's just say you, you have been in design, but you want to be maybe a project manager now because you just really like the details and getting people moving and, and things like that. So th this sort of assessment can really help with that. Yeah, it could help you identify or maybe put words to things you already know. I mean, when you read the list, you say, yep, that's me. Right. But maybe you didn't have the language to talk about it. Exactly. So if you wanted to go after that project manager job or that creative director promotion, mm -hmm. maybe you didn't have the language to explain why you think you would be good at it or how you would go about doing that job and, and why you're a stellar candidate. This can help give, give you more of those words about yourself that you can share with someone and they'll resonate because they're genuine to you. So when you say it to that person, they'll see it too. You're not just making stuff up. But sometimes we just don't have the language to explain it. And exactly. It can help with that. Exactly. Um, another um, assessment that is also really popular is the DISC assessment. And DISC is a behavioral assessment tool based on the DISC theory of a psychologist, which centers around four different behavioral traits, which is dominance, inducement, submission, and compliance. And same sort of thing. I mean, a, a lot of companies have used this and... And they use it specifically to help them build a team to make sure that they have people kind of scattered all over the board as far as um, what these strengths are, these behavioral strengths are. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen it a lot more in like a corporate setting. And uh, it's pretty common, I think, mm -hmm. in, in more of corporate settings. And this test is often administered and assessed by like a trained professional. They're certified in DISC so they can really dig into what, you know, you're in this category, but what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, how does that all balance with the team? It's often used on teams. They also have different versions specific to teams or sales or if leadership roles, like a little bit spun to that need, mm -hmm. I guess. It's mm -hmm. all the same test in the same four categories, but like how it applies to those different areas. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's a Good one. It's available online. I think that you probably still probably go through a um, someone who's certified mm -hmm. to get yeah, it. I believe so. That is true. But um, you might have already taken this and maybe it's stuffed in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> so pull it out and um, see what your um, what your results were. And then you can also, again, use those words for your interview or for your next um, job promotion or, or things like that, because you can kind of connect the dots for whoever you're talking to to see so they can see how you're going to fit into that role yes. um, because they're coming in this completely blank too you know they're like this person's coming in and they're trying to tell me how, that they would be great but if you can really help them do that by showing them your skills and your tools I, I with these tools I think that would be very helpful to them yeah it's all focused on you know your behavior your primary drivers and behavior and so you can use it to see how well you may fit into their culture how do they work and does that fit well with how you work you know, exactly you, you exactly know, connecting those and so funny you should say you've probably taken this I know I have 
I have no <laughs> idea what my code is. But that takes us to the color code, which yes. I do know. <laughs> <laughs> which is a really simplified version of the disk assessment. Yeah, so it, it is. It's, um, it's very similar. There's still four categories. It's free online, which I'm all about free. Um, and it basically is the same concept, but you don't, it, it's not as in-depth, mm-hmm. like, let's be honest. But it is very useful and I think probably gives you what you need as an individual, especially you don't need to be super in-depth. Especially if you're a creative visual person, colors. Yes. <laughs> That's how we yes. speak in colors. That's why I love it because <laughs> it puts you into a category, of course, but they're each tied to a color. And I remember them. I remember everyone at the office. I remember my own. And, you know, it just maybe because we are more visual people, it just connects with me. Exactly. And what's great about um, the color code is, at least for me, um, I will um, let you know that I'm a red in, in the color code. And um, red people are direct. They are they like to get stuff done. Um, they, they operate in very different way than perhaps a blue person would. So I know that if I need to go talk to somebody who's blue in the color assessment, I have to kind of slow down a bit. I have to be a little more touchy feely. It's not going to be, um, just, you know, here's what I need and good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have to know that about me too. They might think, oh, I think Catherine was really mad at me. And that's not the case. That's just how I communicate and how I function. And I have to be respectful of their color code as well and, and know this is how I'm going to get what I want in a way or how I'm going to communicate or get the best results, the best productivity for people if I could talk to people knowing how they, they are wired, basically. Yes, I think color code is really useful within a, te- a team or a group. Or it could be an organization, volunteer for whatever, a group of people because it really gets into how you communicate and interact with each other. Not just, you know, who you are. You'll read it and say, yep, that's me. <laughs> but then how do each of the color types interact and communicate? And that's what's really valuable. So my color is white. And so I'm the peacemaker. I'm, I'm, it's the harmony again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm that person, which is great to have um, as, and partners well with red, but also is great to have something like red because it helps drive them and push them in a different way that they don't have on their own. So what's interesting is how they support and interact with each other, these four colors. Um, That's where the magic starts to happen, I think. Right, right. And the other colors are blue, which I kind of touched upon. And and those are people that really, um, and I I say touchy-feely, but it's it's people that really are more personal with people, I guess. They... um, want that relationship, you know, they um, are really sensitive to people's emotions and feelings and things like that. And, and granted, we had talked about how this was, you know, really a broad stroke test. So people are all over the range on that. And you could be deeper blue, I guess, than, <laughs> than some. And, and that also kind of shows up to how, you know, it gives you like a percent of how much blue you are, or red you are, or yellow are. And you could be a mix of all a lot of these. And the other color is yellow, which is your happy-go-lucky, fun-loving people, which was my weakest category, unfortunately. I always think, I think I'm a fun person, but no. <laughs> I just have to admit, fun. I am not. <laughs> I think you're a 4% or, or something. Yeah, something like that. Or at least it's not my strength, you know? Yes. And I, I'm just kind of okay with that. And I know if, you know, things need to be planned, um, it, for me, I'm going to handle it my way. Like, again, this doesn't mean that I, I can't have fun, but mine will probably be a little more structured and, you know, be a lot of thought will go into it where somebody who's yellow, it might be more spontaneous and, um, probably a little more crazy in my mind for them. It's perfect, but (laughs) yeah. And it's not a, 
a judgment about someone. You know, it's not saying like you're not fun, but it's not what you will default to. Exactly. Like your default will not be that. And, um, And you made a good point of everyone has a little bit of each color. Same with disc. Everyone has a little bit of each of the four categories, but it's where you're most heavily weighted. So someone may be really weighted in one color or they may have a couple they're high on. Actually, you are like that. You're almost Mm -hmm. equal within blue and red. Right. Which is interesting because they... I claim my red, they, though. Yeah, they're, <laughs> you know, sometimes in conflict, so... Yes, that's true, <laughs> too, because I, I will say things and I know I probably have hurt someone's feelings. <laughs> um, and then some people are very evenly balanced across. We have one person on our team who is almost equal in all four, which is really interesting. She's like the most balanced person ever. So... Um, you know, it's it's not that you're all one or the other, but you're more heavily something. But it's also kind of how they interact within you, which is interesting, too. And again, I mean, you can figure out once you have your color how it could apply to your next job, too. So if you know you're a yellow and you want to go for a leadership role, for example, know that that's where your default's always going to be. But you got to figure out how you're going to get the job done, too. So you will probably be uh, just a super fun boss. But, you know, how do you keep people motivated and how do you... Um, meet deadlines and things like that. You might have to partner with somebody else who's a little bit better at that or um, teach yourself how to, you know, be accountable for some things in a very, Mm -hmm. very fun way. But you know that about yourself so you can work around that. It also could help you. I was just thinking in um, even communication, like in an interview or in, again, talking to, you know, making a case for yourself for a promotion or something, how if you're aware of how you communicate, you can also temper that if you need to. So like you said, you're a red, you're very direct. Mm-hmm. That's great. But maybe in some situations, you know, you have to temper a little bit or pare back and you're, you're reading that person's body language and you're, you know, making sure you're communicating well with them. If you're really aware of how you communicate, you also can adjust it. But if you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it because you're you don't even know you're doing That's it. That's true, and, and you should really kind of create that awareness if you are applying for a job, if you're applying for a promotion or things like that, and you just don't seem to get it. You know, maybe the person that you're interviewing is a very red person. They're very direct, and you're coming in as a very fun-loving person or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to kind of read how they are and respond in that in a way that you think that they would want to hear, but it's also very genuine for you, too. Yeah, I mean, I am all about people, you know, bring your authentic self I totally agree with that. At all times, be who you are. But you can be um, varying degrees of who you are based on the situation, right? So like you said, if you can tell this person is very fun-loving, come in and, you know, have a little friendly conversation first. Don't just come in and get straight to your bullet points because that might be a little off-putting for them Exactly. and vice versa. If you can tell they are like down to business, they've got three questions to ask, don't chit-chat around. Like just get on board with with how they communicate exactly and again i think the more you know about yourself the more easily it is to make those adjustments and shift and pick it up in other people you can read other people you're like oh yeah she's totally a a yellow i'm gonna behave this way a little bit differently Mm -hmm. so that we Mm -hmm. can connect because that's what you're really trying to do is just connect with that person and then also too people like people that can help them on their team too so if you can somehow gauge that they might need help in a certain area for example um, the person is a very direct person or they seem a little introverted. You could say, you know what, I'm the extrovert and I'm responsible and I'm willing to go out and do things. That is, starts becoming very appealing for them because they know that they cannot do that. Yeah. The best team is a balance of all different personalities. Exactly. So you're trying to figure out where you fit in. What do they need? And do you fit well into... Mm-hmm. And how can you help? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it, which kind of leads us into the introvert-extrovert 
um, assessment, which we also find super interesting. And I think that's free as well. I think so. Free. Love Love it. Free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what's really great about that, too, is, you know, I... I attend a lot of events. I'll just use myself as an example. I attend a lot of events. I shake a lot of hands, kiss a lot of babies, that sort of thing, because that is my job. You know, I am um, the outside voice of the company where I'm doing the marketing and the, and the meeting and greeting and things like that. But after taking this assessment, I realized that I am actually an introvert. And it's really based on how my energy is used when I am out and about talking to people. So for me, I could probably get two solid networking events a week done, but if I hit my third, then I start running out of energy because people take energy from me when I'm out meeting people. But there's people that is the complete opposite. Yeah, so the whole theory on introvert, extrovert, and there's that book, Quiet, by Susan Cain, which is what I think this test is, or this assessment is um, tied to. It's all about how, it's about energy management, really, but Mm -hmm. it's about whether you gain energy from others, from interacting with others, which are extroverts. So when they're interacting with others at that event, they go home and they're like jazzed up. They're Mm -hmm. ready for more. Or an introvert um, interacting with others drains them. And that's not a bad thing. It's just you have to know that about yourself. So like you said, you love doing it. But afterwards, you need to have that quiet relaxation time. You can't just turn around and go to another party right after. Exactly. And so it's really understanding how you gain or lose energy and then how you can manage that to your to your best usage for yourself and I also think it's very much a spectrum so people people put themselves in like introvert extrovert category but if you look at it it's really a spectrum from extreme on each end and most people are probably not extreme (laughs) they're probably somewhere (laughs) more in the middle but you're an introvert but you are no doubt closer to the center extrovert side than I am. I'm also an introvert, but more so. I can maybe do one event a week <laughs> and then I'm exhausted. So, but I know that about myself, mm-hmm. right? So it is, um, it is just very useful. And again, seeing where you might fit into a team. What is that team like? You know, do they want to go out and party every night and have happy hour if you're an introvert that might be exhausting for you like I need to go home and (laughs) regenerate so I can be fresh for the next day an extrovert will thrive in that kind of environment so just understanding again who you are and how you may fit into the environment that you're looking at and that's key for culture too um and 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 like I said it's not bad or good um it's just how you are so yes if you're at this this party company for me, I guess now that I'm thinking about it because I am the introvert and I do get exhausted, I could probably not keep up with these people. (laughs) So that might not be the best cultural fit for me. Um, but take that company a a few steps back and I could probably manage that. Like I said, I am usually fun. I have a great time once I'm there. Um, but I do get tired. I mean, let's just face it. (laughs) Or maybe deciding how you'll handle it. So say you're at the party company and you know, you're an introvert. Maybe you say, well, I'll go every other Friday or I'll go for a short period of time, but then I'm going to excuse myself Mm -hmm. and no one's going to care. That's the thing. People don't actually care mostly about what you do Exactly. (laughs) as long as you're getting your job done and and you're kind of part of the group. So you can figure out how to make it work for you, which is most important. So there's some other assessments out there. Actually, there's tons. You can Google career assessments and find a a zillion of them. A couple others that are really uh, popular are Myers-Briggs, which mm-hmm. is another one you hear about a lot in the corporate world. It's 
similar to disc. It has categories. It's even more complex. I totally don't know my category. Although I know I've been Myers Briggs. Um, <laughs> I have too. I, it's in a drawer. <laughs> it's an I something because it's infrared. I don't remember the rest. Um, there's one flowing around right now called 16 Personalities, which is really interesting. Um, it, but there's many, many more. And there are also specific career assessments. So those can help you, especially if you are just like, I have no idea what I want to do. And I know I took them in high school. I remember being <laughs> subjected to the tests in high school. <laughs> but it's helpful as an adult, too. Like, we all hit points in our career where we're like, I'm not really sure if I'm on the right path. Or, yeah, I might be in the crave industry, but there's a lot of jobs in the crave industry. Like, which ones may be a good fit for me? There are assessments that will help reveal like your interests, your skills, your work values, those kind of things that may guide you towards certain roles or categories of types of work that would help you clarify that. So before you start writing that resume, which we said was also very important, maybe step two of um, your career in the next step in your career, it's it's best to kind of figure out what words you're going to put in that resume to get you to that job that you really, really are going to love. Yeah, I think it's a lot about Really, it's knowing who you are before you figure out what you do or talk about what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, we are out of time. So um, hopefully that has inspired you in some way to dig a little more in about yourself, learn more about you, and figure out what your next step is in your career. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about, please send us an email at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. Please subscribe and join us next time for more creative career tips.